This episode is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Join millions of players in the worldwide phenomenon on PC or mobile. Raise your team, manage your garrison, and engage in epic battles. For free! What are you waiting for? Download Raid Shadow Legends now. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Fatal from Fatal Affair. You can catch this podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. I just can't do it anymore, guys. Marvel continues to break my heart. After the new episode of What If, that was absolutely brutal. Isaiah Bradley from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, absolutely brutal. Even Bucky's transition uh, in Wakanda was absolutely brutal. WandaVision's finale, forget about it. But what if episode 4 asked a very, very sad question? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? A powerful concept. Without going into this, I immediately thought of all the good Steven has done for the multiverse. As a rookie and not yet Sorcerer Supreme, he took on Kaecilius. And as we know in the comics, Kaecilius is an almost henchman and associate of the villain Baron Mordo. Who we also see in Doctor Strange 1 with... No more wizards. No more sorcerers. Fully assuming his comic book persona as the bad guy. Stephen Strange has tangled with the Dark Dimension enough times now and came out unscathed. No minor demonic possessions. No mind wipes. No destroying the fabric of reality thus far. But I think this what if intends to show us a very cool change in polarity if we suspend belief for half an hour. Let's join our guide, The Watcher, for the retelling of stories inside the vast multiverse. Let's go. Stephen Strange, Doctor, Sorcerer Supreme. But never somebody I would suspect walking around his house in sweatpants. Uh, helping mess up the multiverse after he should have caught wind uh, of Loki, of Scarlet Witch, and possibly the future for Spider-Man. But here we have a very mischievous, a very devil-may-care, wink-wink, the devil is in the details, sort of Stephen Strange. And Mephisto having tied in with Spider-Man during the Spider-Man One Last Day story arc. This could possibly be Mephisto. I won't say it. Anyway, the Marvel Studios logo reminds us that this is set amongst a canon of incredible existing stories. The intro we've come to known for a few episodes hums inside a veil of mysticism while the Watcher tells us poetic nuances on curiosities yet realized. Scenes from episodes glisten amongst cosmic glass. Luis D'Esposito and Kevin Feige present our pondering of the question, what if? And our episode is on its way. As Jeffrey Wright's voiceover presents the episode, he addresses us with lines that makes us aware we're coming to the middle of this sandwich. We're approaching the halfway mark of this season. We're halfway down the glass, if you know what I mean. Talks about tales that birth superheroes and choices that could sway the balance of outcomes. What if the best of intentions has very strange consequences? Playing off that oh-so-peculiar last name of our Sorcerer Supreme, shoutouts to Spider-Man from Infinity War and Kaecilius from Doc Strange 1, talking about how 
Doctor Strange? Oh, we're using our fake names? I'm Spider-Man. Kaecilius saying, it might be strange. This episode, again, comparing to What If Episode 1 and how closely it rode the rails of that movie versus this, a fresher retelling of the familiar story. More akin to Episode 2's What If. You've got the laid-down foundation of it, but it's about to go for a crazy, crazy ride. Doctor Strange is in love. The actress who portrayed Christine Palmer, Rachel McAdams, has returned as the Doctor's flame and love interest. Approaching the familiar scene where Doctor Strange met a universally altering fate, this time remaining untouched, but the same could have not have been said for Christine. Steven avoids a car crash only to be rear-ended by another driver, veering the Marvel couple off of a cliff to the demise of Steven's love. Thus died his heart that night. Procedurally going about the events of Doctor Strange 1, his study of the mystic arts and the Eye of Agamotto, the death of the Ancient One, even his victory with Dormammu, and his sacrifice of infinite deaths. Pain has always been his old friend. Nothing could prepare the Doctor for how much pain occurs in this episode. Now left to reconcile with the past two years, Steven finds himself wand deep in a glass of the cheap stuff, to Wong's remark. Everyone's character design felt true, and finally, us actualizing my man Wong's more masculine features. That jawline is Bruce Tim level defined. Doctor Strange decided to do something reckless. Should have joined Wong for some tea. Stephen Strange utilizes the Eye of Agamotto to time travel back to the night Christine perished from the car accident. Say the word, Christine, and I will give you the world. Never has Stephen ever meant such words even willing to risk the stability of our timeline. Strange in the car with Christine is jubilated and witty, getting his girlfriend to giggle and see him in ways she once thought unlikely so quickly. Until just like Groundhog's Day, we are presented with the same Final Destination scenario for Christine time and time, scenario after scenario again. I could not believe this. They would not stop killing her. After, like, the third death, my heart couldn't take it anymore. To seep into this cycle of depression, death after death. I was right there with Doctor Strange at the bar, partway through, when he decided to just not show up to get Christine killed. He went and had a drink. What does he see while at the bar? A fucking newscast of Christine's death. It becomes clearer and clearer that the universe was not fair to our good Doctor. Or at least, not fair to Christine Palmer. The blood-curdling scream of loss finally after Steven gave up the final time. Let Christine drive and accepted the rear-end collision with full passivity. A truly heartbreaking montage. I needed a few minutes of recovery to think about this. We've all experienced loss in some way or another. And Steven has taken his personally to Tibetan mountaintops and magical dimensions. Unable to cope this time with an event that seems to test his limits as Sorcerer Supreme, like a haunting ghost that cannot be exorcised. The Ancient One appearing to Stephen amongst the scene of Christine's death, she tells Stephen her death cannot be undone. It is an absolute point in time. This called for some amazing animation and exaggerative hand gestures aggressively from Strange toward the Ancient One in movie-style detail. They were about to fight. They were about to get it on. He was poking at her chest. You taught me that. Nothing is impossible. You taught me that. A clear indifference from once master and student. The admiration is gone. 
Steven's heartbreak threatens the path of the timeline and the destruction of reality, forcing the Ancient One to take up arms on her once-star pupil and fire a beam, a Kamehameha if you will, for my Dragon Ball fans out there, right onto the spot of where Steven would keep his arc reactor if he had one. Before this, Steven stating she would have to find him to stop him. All these clues point to Steven hiding himself in time, as well as advancing his mission to save a slated for demise Christine Palmer. Coming to self-focus, Steven finds himself in front of a native man with heterochromia and possibly secrets to share. After Strange bears witness to a beautiful golden structure without a door, clever, forcing Steven to use his wizardly wits to teleport into the structure and find the sorcerer, Obang, the librarian to the books of Cagliostro. It's strange. Not any stranger than any other name in this world. Obang leaves Steven to Cagliostro's books and his magical abilities that allow him to study mass amounts of knowledge in short amounts of time. Through this practice of magical study, Steven learns that an absolute point in time requires a mass amount of power within a sorcerer to perform. How does one get this amount of power? Absorbing other beings. The first person he decides to summon for this appears to be, and I thought this would show up again later as a reoccurring idea of our descent into madness, it appears to be the chaos god, Shumagorath. One of Doctor Strange's foes in the comics, and someone reportedly to take on the Sorcerer Supreme in the Multiverse of Madness. Shumagorath knocks out Stephen Strange and puts him in a bed for recovery. Bad recovery. Mystic beings do not bargain. And thus begins a horrific procedure of Doctor Strange power scaling by eating souls with his face. The souls of demons at first exclusively. Demons that have dragon-like qualities. Skulls for heads, bugs with capes. This allows the doctor to absorb the qualities as well, until becoming so powerful, he can hear the watcher. Jeffrey Wright, right behind Steven. He's on the wrong path. I could warn him. Intervene. The watcher starts to feel a need for participation as he would in the comics, but it's not yet time for the watcher to act. Steven continues to siphon souls day and night, transforming himself into hideous demonic creatures for short times, and finally finds himself strong enough to resummon a possible Shumagorath, until Strange chops its legs off and absorbs the tentacles. It could still be Shumagorath, just not ours. Steven has been on his path of soul absorption for so long, Obang now finds himself on the precipice of death. Steven offering to use the Eye of Agamotto to Obang's denial, this scene is almost speaking to Steven's heart telling him death is part of the plan, and to which Steven can't accept that, just like what brought him here in the first place. Obang reveals to Steven he's only living half a life, which at first seems poetic and cryptic, but more so than we knew, showing Strange from the decision to do something reckless while Wong made tea, but this time Strange staying put and not trying to save Christine. The Ancient One arriving through a psychic portal in modern-day New York to inform Doctor Strange through a psychic echo that she conjured power from the Dark Dimension to cast, as the Ancient One was known to do in the movie Doctor Strange, she was casting dark spells. This sundered Steven's soul in two, which created two possible timelines in the same universe, forcing our universe to start separating into deletion, unless the two Doctors were to clash, and our good parallel Steven came out victorious. But this is all what if. The good Steven is a reflection of Steven's correct 
more heroic choices, and as the dialogue plays out, we get very reaffirming lines between Wong and Strange. Wong asking, didn't you love Christine? Steven doesn't have the option to worry about that right now because it already happened. Doctor Strange has to save everyone, or at the very least, Wong. The two Stevens get a chance to talk and good Steven witness how banana cuckoo the bad Steven Strange is. Even closer when they teleport back to the night of Christine's death. Bad Strange trying to sway good Strange over using the love they both shared for Christine. With the physical parallels drawn like a line cut between them, duality fully presented and visual. The bad Strange craves to be whole again, even speaking like a deranged baddie trying to absorb the good strange, and starting an all-out magical bout. The two stranges fight using abilities that represent their moral decisions. Bad strange using demons he's absorbed and straight up incinerating the cloak of levitation. The letters for the spell Wong and Strange cast prior to the fight begin to fade as strange is blasted time and time again with force from the dark dimension. This scene wraps up pretty quickly. As Strange launches a beam of focused energy for a kill shot on Bad Strange. Just before the beam makes contact, we see the evil purple cloak of levitation from Bug Doctor Strange equip itself onto Bad Strange to protect him right before the blast. When the smoke clears, a ball of light forms to reveal Steven's shadow and the location in which Bad Strange had taken cover from the blast. Pulling a good strange into the mirror dimension where bad strange takes the form of Christine to use the pain inside strange's heart to force him to agree. Catching a good Steven off guard and hurtling him towards the ground, bad strange is able to absorb Steven and turn two halves into a whole doctor. Now all powerful and mutated, strange finally has enough power to prevent Christine's death at the cost of the balance of the universe. The universe begins to collapse on itself and Steven tries to prevent this cataclysmic event to the witness of a horrified Christine. Strange addresses our cosmic host, the Watcher, and asks him for his help. This was the oh shit moment that had me fully invested, eyes glued to the TV, but on the edge of my seat. Breaking the fourth wall is always a juicy concept, but this felt isolated and extremely important. Uatu actually speaks to someone in this multiversal viewing, even though he's not supposed to interfere. It doesn't even matter that the Watcher is speaking to Strange, because now that the entire universe is about to end. Strange begging the, the Watcher to save everyone, and the Watcher saying no, telling Steven that he would love to interfere, only to punish Steven and save the universe, but he still can't. Being told he's a god, but as we know in the comics, even if the Watchers are on the level of gods, their strict code restricts their actions in the course of time. So they can't influence anything. They can't answer the call for help inside of a prayer. This is Steven's fault alone because even he should have known the consequences for playing with unknown power. As we see from the Eye of Agamotto in the movie Doctor Strange. Don't do that. When the Watcher said, I'm not a god, and neither are you. My man only added that to rub battery acid on the open wound, but with a lick of truth. Gods are worshipped for the things they give. The Watcher isn't allowed to give anything, and it seems he doesn't speak highly of his passiveness, resenting the idea of being a god, whereas villains like Loki relish in the idea. One life, one choice, one moment, 
can destroy the entire universe. Absolutely mind-bending episode. Insanely dark relative to the sacred timeline we knew, but it didn't ride the rails too closely, which I think is important when telling these stories so we can see how absolutely crazy the outcomes are compared to the original events. Four universes have opened their doors to our viewing experience, a handful of universes left to explore before the season finale, and one universe has come to a full close, just like our show. If you like us, make sure to follow us for new content each week, and join us next time when we ponder the question, what if? Later, everybody. This episode was brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Join millions of players in the free-to-play experience and catch me on Twitch playing Raid Shadow Legends. If you're curious about it, that's twitch.tv slash Fatal Affair. And catch this podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.